Welcome back to This Week in Film. It's the weekly podcast where we get together and talk about the movies we've seen over the past seven days. I'm Nick Panunzo, joined as always by Midwest Matt Lauer. Matt, what's up? Not much. How are you, Nick? <laughs> Uh, I'm doing all right. I've seen a couple of movies uh, in the three days since we've done the show last, and uh, that's pretty impressive for me. So, uh, what about you? I saw two movies at the theater in the same day. No way, the double feature. Yes, exactly. There, there is already a name for that. Did you, did you go, uh, did you go back to back with movies, or did you leave and then come back? Uh, as a matter of fact, I went completely back to back. I was on my way out of the theater and went, "Hey, I wonder if this other movie's playing anytime right around now." And then it was it was actually literally starting the I think the minute before I checked. So I, I went to look for the what the which theater it was in and looked up and saw that it was right in front of me. So I just walked right in. And I did actually buy another ticket because I I don't know don't like cheating (laughs) okay um yeah we should probably uh, at some point tell people what we're what we watch no they love the mystery okay then in in fact we're not even going to talk about movies this no uh so (laughs) i saw never say what movie it is at the end (laughs) of the episode we'll go that's why i was talking about john wick a lot because i watched brightburn oh you saw both of those actually yes those are the oh, classes. awesome! So you saw John Wick Chapter Three colon para- John Wick colon Chapter Three dash Parabellum, yes, and, and Brightburn, Brightburn. Period. <laughs> um, Juicy. I watched two movies called one called Warm Bodies uh, from 2013, and then another movie from 2001 called Brotherhood of the Wolf. I, or I as it's seen that, or as it's called in France. Le Pac de Loup. Mm-hmm. Because uh, it's a French film. And, uh, Explains that. I will, I will start with Brotherhood of the Wolf. All right. So this was a difficult movie to discuss, but um, it's, it's, it's weird. It's pretty good. And uh, it is, like I said, from 2001, directed by Christophe Gans. Uh, and there are a bunch of French people in the movie. Uh, Monica Bellucci is in it, and she is smoking. Uh, I do not know hot. who that is. Um, do you remember the Matrix sequels? Yes. She's the girl in the red dress with the boobs. Ah, okay. Yeah. The one uh, who's, whose husband gave some woman the cake? Something like that. And, and like he invented the orgasm or something. Right. Something stupid. (laughs) And uh, so uh, anyway, this movie takes place um, pre-revolutionary war France in this uh, province in France. And uh, right off the bat, pre-revolutionary war and post-revolutionary war is right in my wheelhouse right now. There's a TV show called Poldark Mm -hmm. that that I've been watching. Uh, My wife and I have been watching and we... Love it. It's a it's a fantastic show if you haven't if you haven't seen it. Have you seen it? No. At all? Oh, it's great. The first couple episodes are a little tough to get through because there's a ton of characters and and time kind of flies by really quick. But like once you get past the first two or three episodes, it really takes off. 
But uh, yeah, check out Poldark. I think it's a PBS show. Um, but uh, anyway, this movie takes place during the same time period, and I'm like, ooh, uh, my my favorite period of time. And uh, basically, uh, okay, <laughs> I'm really into the Revolutionary War right now. Uh, no, I mean that's cool. It's just, it's, you just you said it weird. Yeah. <laughs> I will be talking like these because of the French people. Actually, the, mo- you the version talk of the like movie Dracula because of French people. <laughs> yeah, he eats French people, and uh, uh, the movie the the version of the movie that I saw was the American dub, which is always disappointing. Yeah, dubs um, rarely. But uh, I did not get to see the the original French with subtitles, so that's always disappointing. But the movie did not really suffer for that. Well, that's good. Um, I guess we want to talk about the plot. Of the movie. That's um, probably a good idea. So in this province in France, I don't know where. It, it says the Givaudin province, but I got no idea what that where that is or what that means. And um, Probably could have gotten away with just saying France. <laughs> um, there's a monster that's eating people, and it's eaten over a hundred people. And they, they refer to it as the beast, and they, they, call, they think it's this giant wolf. And um, the two main characters, the Chevalier de Fronzac, that's the one thing that's really kind of obnoxious about this movie is that everyone has these very eloquent French names. Like there's the, um, oh, the, the IMDb, it doesn't even have their full names. Like there's this one character named Marianne, but her name's like Marianne de Bougevard. To all our <laughs> French listeners, I'd like to issue an apology. <laughs> That's how they say it. And uh, so, like, this, the main character, his name is Gregor de Franzac, but, like, it has, like, he has, like, a title and, like, a postscript name. Yeah. Anyway, he's playing, he's played by the actor Samuel Le Bihan, who I've never seen in anything else. But he looks like, um, do you remember Tom Canalicchio? Yeah, this I is a very. I don't this know is a very specific. But okay, yes, yes. This is a very specific reference to anyone who went to high school with us. But uh, there's a guy named Tom, and uh, this guy looks like Tom Canalicchio, and that's all I could think about the whole time. I was like, "Huh, neat." Um, uh, but but if you don't know who Tom Canalicchio is, um, he also looks like a combination of Christopher Lambert and John Cena. But without, but without all the muscles, huh. without all of Christopher Lambert's muscles, and, to uh, uh, Tom Canalicchio, I'd like to issue an apology. <laughs> uh, and, and, then, if, and if there are any other listeners who are friends of ours from high school and you prefer not to be mentioned on the show by name, shoot us a voicemail or something. Yeah, shoot us a voicemail. That's how that works. Yeah, that's how words work. Sure. Back and, to French. Uh, so. Um, the Gregor de Fronzac there it is. is uh he has a best friend who he calls his br- brother named mm-hmm. Manny and Manny is a Native American uh from from his adventures in New France which is basically what becomes the Louisiana Purchase okay they get sent by the king of France to investigate and figure out what's going on with this beast in this town and we learn very quickly that both uh, Gregor de Fronzac and Manny are kick-ass fighters. Okay, cool. And, 
And this movie is very heavily influenced by The Matrix and Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, mm-hmm. uh, as far as like fighting style. But yeah. it's done. It's done in, in. It makes it its own. Like it. Like you can tell. Like that they were aware of those movies making this movie, but they don't copy it directly. But you can like tell. It still feels like it's in its own world. It doesn't feel like it just switched tracks into the Matrix. Exactly. So you have these characters who are kick-ass fighters. Uh, the one guy is like a a botanist or something. He's like into the plants, but he's also a, a a hunter and stuff. Anyway, long story short, there are so many characters in this movie. The only character that I've seen in anything else is this guy, Vincent Cassell. And let me click on his name so I can pull up what he's been in. And he plays this one-armed man named Jean Jean Francois. No, he might have been in The Fugitive. Uh, uh, I guess he was in Black Swan, but I've seen him in other stuff. Uh, but he's the only actor besides Monica Bellucci that I that I recognized. Mm-hmm. What's interesting about this movie is that after after I finished watching it, and it's two and a half hours, like it's long, and it feels its length too. Like it could have oh, okay. easily have been shorter. And also, it's very sexual. It's it's a lot of sex and a lot of nudity, and then like a lot of dead people nudity too. Like, because this guy goes to oh, investigate. I'll be checking this out. <laughs> he, like, there's this one dead body in like a, a creek, and it's uh-huh. like a a naked woman, but like her side has got this big gash taken out of it. And you're like, well, that's that's not awesome. Like, that's that's horrifying. And then the next scene, he's having sex with Monica Bellucci. And you're like, well, that is awesome. I don't know how to feel about you, movie. And and that's how Nick's necrophilia <laughs> was born. The man in the movie said it was okay. So, but like one thing that I learned by reading the trivia on IMDb about this movie is that all of these characters in the movie, except for the Native American, are, uh, they all existed. Like this is based on a true story. That there was there was this town in France in the 1700s, and this giant animal killed like a hundred people. That's oh, fascinating yeah. to me. You know what? I happen to be familiar with that story from a very different direction, and that is from watching lots of videos on YouTube. Uh, and and to Karina's credit, forcing my girlfriend to watch lots of videos on YouTube about <laughs> werewolf sightings and stuff. And there's like this wolves and and creatures in different countries and and there was a story about that french oh. monster wolf yeah oh okay fact, um, i think i yeah, just saw you know it like three weeks ago maybe what's what's interesting is that the whole time this movie's going on i'm i just keep expecting there to be a werewolf like that that's what the monster's going to be right and they do a great job of the less is more with the monster because it's a, it's kind of a cgi kind of thing and when you do see it it doesn't look very good mm-hmm. um but it's 2001 so it's kind of forgivable and the budget for this wasn't crazy high so you, you can forgive the bad special effects on the monster yeah. but um i guess i'll spoil it because who's gonna watch this uh hey if, you, <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna watch this two and a half hour movie from 2001 skip ahead all right so everyone who stuck around um, so the monster is, they don't really explicitly tell you what it is, but based on what the, the bad guy 
has said it's it's a lion that he brought back from Africa as a cub and like trained it to be this horrible monster and put on this giant armor on it. And it's horrifying. Like, it's this terrifying monster. And it makes sense that in 1700s France that they wouldn't know what a lion is. Like, it's probably one of those things that they've heard about in, uh, in like, lore or, like, as travelers come through. But, like, nobody knows what a lion is. Uh-huh. And um, especially compared to a wolf. Like, you, you think that a wolf is, like, the the biggest dog creature around. And then there's like this lion running around in France eating people. But apparently that, that, that part is not true that the, the actual monster from, from real life was just a giant wolf, which is kind of disappointing that they would just change the, the story for this, but, uh, it works. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you've, if you got some time to kill and you want to go on a cool adventure through time, uh, check out Brotherhood of the Wolf. It was it was pretty fun. It's way too long. Feel free to to skip ahead while you're watching it. Like if stuff is boring and you're like, I don't really, and this is boring, it's because it doesn't matter, and you can skip ahead. You just but anytime go to the next sex scene, anytime the Native American guy is on screen, yeah, stick or, stick around because he is kick ass. Okay, and um, yeah, so uh, that's that. All right. Well, let, yeah. let me ask you a quick question. Um, with Please. all this fighting and stuff, uh huh, are they fighting monsters or are they just fighting each other? They are fighting people for the most part. They do fight the monster, and that is like a crazy fight. And uh, but like they fight people. Like there are these people that um, there's like the the main bad guy of the movie controls the monster, and he has this cult of people following him and the it's the cult of people that they're fighting mm-hmm. the movie okay. kind the movie kind of feels like a video game like while you're watching it because like there's like a bunch of exposition and then an action sequence and then exposition and an action sequence and then we're we're walking around we're we're looking at stuff and then there's another action sequence like this would make an, a pretty interesting game to play i think like as far as like a narrative yeah uh story and and like um like a, um, a mystery. Oh yeah. You know what? That's the other thing I wanted to mention about this is that the, the, for the first hour and a half that I was watching this movie, I wasn't entirely sure that I wasn't watching like a random episode of X files, 1766. Okay. And, um, like it, it, it just feels like this standalone adventure from a larger story. And I guess it, it isn't, because everything that I read about it says didn't say that it was, but it feels like oh, these are these characters that we know and love from from all of their adventures on TV, and now we get to see them on the big screen, and uh, this is this is just their only adventure. Okay, yeah. Well, no, let the silence simmer. <laughs> Since I went to the theater, oh uh, boy, it's time for some preview corner, and I think that you said that. Uh, Kevin's uh, <laughs> his, yeah. his his uh, donation of the show has has run up. So uh, you know, we'll just say that this one is uh, brought to you by the small ticket. I don't know. <laughs> um. So uh, all right. So it, between these two movies, I saw a lot of the same previews. Although I was a bit late going into the the second movie. Um. So. 
I don't know. I I at one point saw half a preview for something called Twenty One Somethings that stars Chadwick Boseman, and that's all I know about the movie because that's all I got to see. I was like, oh, there's Chadwick Boseman. Was it? Was it? Was it called Twenty One Somethings, or you just can't remember the full title? I can't remember the full title. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been like Twenty One Buildings or something like that. Um, but what I saw twice was uh, a preview for a movie that I called Alligators or Stuck in a Flooding House with Alligators. But it's actually actually called Crawl. And, uh, you know, it's been a while since I've seen a a movie with alligators uh, or crocodiles. Um, I was trying to think back to what the name of the one was that came out in, like, the late 90s. Lake Placid. There you go. Yep. Um, so, uh, so I'm down. I'll I'll go see a crappy movie where people are getting attacked by alligators. But the second time I saw the preview, I definitely was like, wait a minute, how much of this movie is about people being stuck in a house? There's definitely some kind of flooding going on, but I don't know why they're in the particular house they're in. I saw another preview for Dark Phoenix. And this one I happen to realize has the kid from American Horror Story in it, so I'm definitely not going to see this because I can't stand that kid. Uh, I don't watch that show. I I only saw one season, but I just I, I can't stand this kid. Um, so you know, to that kid, I issue no apology. <laughs> uh, I saw two previews for Men in Black Three, and I'm just so confused. Four. Oh, yeah, yeah. Men in Black 4. Um, so confused. Like, why doesn't this look better than it did in the 90s? Um, and there's just still nothing really to, to, to bring me in. I was so, thinking that this... Go ahead. I was going to say, um, I just saw another trailer for that the other day. And I didn't put it together, but is is the girl in that movie Valkyrie from Thor Ragnarok? Yep. So they got those two together again? Guess so. I mean, they have pretty good chemistry on screen, so I'm all right with that. Yeah, no, I'm all right with that. But like, they definitely don't play that up at all. That it's hey, they're together again for the fourth time. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know how you would actually do that in a preview. Um, But fair enough. I mean, it it didn't occur to me either until after. I think like when you and I were talking about it after we'd seen the preview before, it wasn't something that stood out to me during the preview either. She looks so much shorter in this movie than in like Thor. Well, they're, I don't know. I don't know why. But they probably shot her in such a way as to make her look really powerful in the Thor movies. That's a good point. Um, I, uh, I, but I was, I didn't get like sh- she's like, hey, I found you, so I deserve to get in. And and you had pointed that out before that that doesn't really seem like a, you know that that would be the whole application process. Um, <laughs> But here's the other thing. I'm like, I don't know that, I don't know that, um, you know, it, the fact that she found them really does make anything stand out, given that they've mind washed everybody else. <laughs> it's like, hey, you're the one person we didn't, you know, mind wash so that you don't remember anything. Uh, of course you were able to find us. That's why we, that's why we do this. Um, and I did see in the preview that they're they're fighting shapeshifters, and I just want to say from I'm going to go ahead and put my money on something and say that 
at some point towards the end of the movie, they discover that Liam Neeson is one of the shapeshifters. Mm. And I'm going to put money on it being uh, Emma, Emma Thompson. Thompson. Yeah. Hmm, Cause she's got like too. that hair slick back look, which always seems kind of evil. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that that's about it for, for that preview. Does that come out soon? Did it have a date? You know, I didn't notice, but I think with them fighting shapeshifters, I'm like with the, with both of these people from the Thor movies. Now we've got like a version of Loki in this movie too. Um, I'm just wondering if the writers had n- no ideas. Uh, so let's see what else I got. That makes me. That makes me. I just watched the the Screen Rant pitch meetings that huh? you got me into. I just watched the one for I want to say Endgame, and they start talking about. They make uh, pop culture references. Yeah. And in their pop culture references, I can't remember anything specific, but they reference they reference the movies that people in the movie are in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they do. Um, like at some point they mention a Sebastian, Sebastian Stan is in something and they're like, you mean that thing that he's in? And they're like, oh, yeah. So in this universe, Sebastian Stan is an actor who, <laughs> who exists. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was great. Those pitch meetings are fantastic. Oh, yeah, those are great. I, I, I'm i never going to tire of those. Let's see. I saw a preview for a movie that I'm going to go ahead and call Joan Wick. Uh, <laughs> but it's actually called Anna. And I think I've already explained what it is by just saying that because it looks like John Wick with a woman. Um, Not quite Atomic Blonde. Um, did you ever see that? No, it, it, I did. I can't remember I did, if you did. Yeah. Um, it, it looks like it could be atomic blonde, red sparrow, which I actually never saw, but like, yeah, me neither or Lucy. And I think it's actually made by the people that made that movie, Lucy. Oh, that Uh, sucked. Yeah. I, I watching it, it seemed like the acting was okay. The actress who's playing Joan Wick looks (laughs) like she knows what she's doing. Um, the action looked fine, but there's not a lot. To pull me in, there's a, it just, I don't know. I, I, the further I get from Atomic Blonde, the less I even feel like I actually really enjoyed that that much. You know, I kind of feel the opposite. I wasn't sure if I liked it when I saw it. And then the further away I get to it, the more I enjoyed it or more I enjoy it, especially the stylized look of it. Okay. Well, let me know if you ever decide to watch it again, what you think. All right. And then I saw a preview for a movie that I called Morgan Freeman Needs Saving, uh, (laughs) which is actually called Angel Has Fallen. Uh And I don't know, is it it Clive Owen or... It's Gerard Butler. Gerard Butler, okay. Yeah. Uh, This is the third in those Have Fallen series. Well, and here's what I, I don't get, like... Why is Morgan Freeman in these movies? Because they don't look like real movies. They look like, yeah, you know, they'd be like the Platinum Dunes movies or whatever it is that are. What are the the generic movies like Transmorphers and stuff like that? Yeah, from like the Asylum. Asylum. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, apparently, the first one is supposed to be pretty good. That's that's all I know. I haven't heard anybody who's seen the second one, and I don't know where they're coming from making a third one. And also, how is Morgan Freeman still president? I don't know, because like, people prefer that world. 
And how many assassination attempts can one man survive? Hey, man, and, if we could have Mor- Castro. <laughs> if we could have Morgan Freeman be president, I'm down. Let's do it. Okay, then I saw a preview for Joker, which uh-huh. I am going to see. But I honestly, I, 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 this might be kind of a going against the grain here, but there's nothing in this preview that actually really intrigues me that much. I agree. It didn't really do anything for me. Yeah. Um, I was kind of like, I like the way it looks, and uh, I like Joaquin Phoenix. There's nothing that like hooked me in. I don't particularly like Joaquin Phoenix, and I think that's mainly because I've seen like interviews and stuff that he's been in, and he's just been really unpleasant to experience, I guess. And he's <laughs> been in a lot of, or, or some movies that I don't really care for that much. Um, but I do think he's talented, um, and I think he's offbeat enough that he could make a good Joker. But just this preview just doesn't do much for me. And there's something about it that I don't like as a Batman fan, and and as you know, with the Joker being one of my favorite, you know, um, uh, villains in that universe. And that's that I actually don't prefer the Joker to have a backstory. I like the mystery of like him being unknown and not being able to put a finger on his motives, really. Um, I agree. It seems like they're doing the one bad day story for him, which is like where he's like a a failed comedian and his wife hates him. Yeah. Um, But uh, but like, I agree. Like, I, I don't care for that. Like. I, the Joker does not need to be a tragic figure, right? It do, it doesn't make it a bad i like a bad movie or or anything. But I I will say that's one part of my. It's just there for me. I, I'm not I, honestly, even if that weren't the case, I still don't think the preview does anything for me other than say like, okay, Joaquin Phoenix is going to be the Joker. Um, but I will admit that that's present too. That I'm like, oh, you know, I don't really want to see his backstory. Yeah. But then again, oh, I'll be there. <laughs> how do you feel about uh Robert Pattinson as the new Batman? Uh, you know, um I'm I, I'll say it's it's definitely cringy. Um, but there are certain things that like, you know, I, I try to keep an open mind to. Like um when someone when when I found out that Jared Leto was going to be the Joker, I was like, I hate Jared Leto. Um, but and that's not because he's a bad actor. I just can't stand him. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I said, eh, you know what? Let's find out. Um, I I loved Heath Ledger. And at the same time, when I found out he was playing the Joker, I was like, I don't know if I can picture that. That seems weird. And then he was great. Um, but he is an excellent, excellent actor. Um, so Robert Pattinson's not someone I think of as an excellent actor. Um, but have you seen any of his like independent stuff post Twilight? No, I haven't really seen him in anything else, and and that's what I was gonna say. Like, but he's probably shown his talents in places that I just haven't even been there for. So I'm I'm willing to go into it with an open mind. It's definitely not someone I would have thought of. Uh, yeah. But you know, it's hard to say. I I I'm not exactly a Ben Affleck fan. And I used to really despise him. Um, so when the people said, yeah, he was going to be Batman, I was like, that's going to be terrible. The movies were terrible, but he was fine as Batman. So we'll yeah, see. I agree. I'm, I'm open yeah. to it. What about you? Uh, you know, I, I don't really have an opinion on it. Uh, 
like I remember being the same about Affleck when he got cast and and I was wrong. Um I was I was wrong about Ben Affleck. His Batman was totally his Batman and especially his Bruce Wayne was was totally fine. And um apparently like there's a I think it's a David Lynch movie called Cosmopolis uh that Robert Patterson is is in Pattinson. and they're saying Patterson and uh, they're saying that that's where th- they got the idea for him to be the new Batman is like his character. And that is basically Bruce Wayne. Oh, okay. But, but I haven't seen it. So, but, um, you know, I'm interested. He seems too small for the role, but I but, imagine they'll get beefed up a bit. Yeah. But, I, um, and then I read, I read a thing that said that Christian Bale was younger when cast for Batman Begins than Robert Pattinson is now. And I'm like, holy crap, how young is Christian Bale? Because he has been around for forever. That's I was just thinking that literally last night. I was like, how old is he? Cause, and then it made me start wondering how old American Psycho is, because I thought that was in the 90s. Um, I think it's 2000. Yeah, okay. Man, I'm starting to feel old. Um <laughs> Okay, so let's see. Moving on, unless unless you wanted to say more about that. Nope, I'm done. Okay. So another preview for what I called Hobbs and Watson because I couldn't remember that the name was Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure I just saw the whole movie. So uh, I still might go and check this out because it looks like some really goofy fun. But I'm pretty sure I saw every beat of this movie in the preview. And I wish uh-huh. that they would stop doing this with previews. Like, whoever is editing these things and like, oh, we have to show something from every set piece. You really don't. Nobody would Uh know. Nobody's going to be disappointed or upset with you and go like, oh, why didn't you spoil that for me ahead of time? (laughs) Right. um, So I don't really have much to say about it. It just looks like, I don't know, kind of total popcorn fun. Then I saw... First time I've in a while I've seen an R-rated preview. I saw an R-rated Ooh. preview for like once a red p- band. Yep, in the theater. Yeah. Wow. For once upon a time in Hollywood. All right. And uh, it was R-rated because the someone says fuck at some point, and that's pretty uh-huh. much it. And again, in this preview, I got that Leonardo DiCaprio is playing a has been actor. And nothing else. There's nothing about this preview that actually tells me what's going on in the movie, which is fine. I, I, I know it's uh, a movie that people have seen now because I think it, it pre uh, the whatever they showed it at like Cannes Festival or something. Oh, did and, they? Yeah, and people are saying it's probably probably a second best movie. Oh wow! Um, yeah. I I I just saw that new trailer. I guess it came out this past week, and I thought it looks. I think I can't wait to see it. It looks fantastic. Uh, I don't know how you're getting that. Like what? <laughs> what? What happens in the trailer that you saw that makes it look? Not. I'm not saying it looks bad. I'm just saying I, I don't see how you could get an opinion from the. Uh, I just like the way that it looks. Uh, it's a period piece. Um, they finally introduced some of that Manson family stuff. Um, without really giving it away um you know and it's a tarantino movie so he gets the benefit of the doubt as far as uh story-wise and brad pitt looks like he's in uh classic brad pitt form okay fair enough and and i like i really like the idea of brad pitt and leonardo dicaprio being good friends 
And that's what they seem like in this in this movie that they're they're really good friends because Brad Pitt is his stunt double, right? Is that the idea? Yeah, that's the idea. Yeah. So like, as Leonardo DiCaprio's career goes on a downslide, then so must Brad Pitt's. And so like the inherent conflict there, but like Brad Pitt is still seems to be like, hey, we're cool. We're, let's just hang out, bud. I don't know. Yeah, I guess it, you know, maybe we. I can't really disagree with any of those things, except that I, I don't think that I don't think that for me, Tarantino's getting as much of the benefit of the doubt. Maybe if I went back and watched Jackie Brown, uh, oh, so you know what I was just thinking is that I was literally just thinking he gets the benefit of the doubt, but Jackie Brown was so bad. Yeah. But I, but I also saw that when I was like 16 and probably don't appreciate it. Like I'd like to go back and watch it again. Yeah. I've, I've heard a lot of things that make me think that I didn't appreciate it at the time either. Um, but my interest in going back and watching it's pretty low because I didn't yeah. enjoy it. Um, yeah. and then Did when we it see comes that together, to, no, I saw that on my own. Oh, um, I feel like I saw it with Scott and Ian. Maybe you did. I, I, I might have been working at Dippin' Dots. You guys might have come down the hallway and been like, hey, we saw Jackie Brown. Although I think it was I think it was earlier than that. Anyway. I'll continue but, but I haven't from seen, high school throughout this episode. But I, I haven't seen um, – uh, what is it? The Hateful Eight yet. I oh, yeah. wasn't a huge fan of Inglorious Bastards. Um, oh, see, I loved Inglorious Bastards. And I think there's another one in there that I didn't like as much as everybody else. So, um, so yeah, it just doesn't have. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I definitely enjoyed Kill Bill Part One. Um, Kill Bill Part Two, Part Two, didn't do so much for me. But I'm not a, I'm not a watcher fan of like the kung fu movies and stuff. So. Right. I don't know. So anyway, anyway, it's not getting as much of a benefit of doubt from me, uh, but I'm going to see it. So we'll see. This is going pretty long, so I'll be quick on the last two. Um, there's a movie, I don't know, Annabelle 13, Conjuring 21. I don't know. looks like it's uh, it, just a bunch of jump scares um, and lots of – like if you go see whatever this movie is, I think it's a, I think it's a Annabelle title. Um, it seems like you're going to see a lot of static shots of furniture and toys and stuff, and then things are going to jump out at you. Um, I haven't seen any of those movies. Uh, I think I saw t- the conjuring one and two. Um, and the, uh, the second one was, I don't know. It was all right. Are they all Not about great. the doll? Um, the Annabelle ones, I think, are. And then, although even that, I think it's like the doll's not doing much. It's about some girl who, I don't know, wants the doll or possesses the doll or something. I don't know. I haven't seen them. Anyway, uh, and then I saw another preview for Ma. And really, there's the, the biggest takeaway I had from this is that whoever the actress is that's playing the main girl should really play a young Anne Hathaway in some, I mean, not that Anne Hathaway is not young anyway, but like a teenage Anne Hathaway in something because she looks that much like her. So, you know, somebody write a movie about some character that Anne Hathaway can play and and you've already got her young self or her younger sister or something. Um, And at some point in the preview, one of the kids says about Ma, 
Her basement is the best drinking spot in town. And I was just like, that just sounds dumb. So still going to see it. <laughs> That's the end of that. Preview <laughs> Corner is done. Finally. Uh, should I even talk about a movie? Probably. <laughs> what do you want to hear about? Brightburn or uh, uh, let's talk John about Wick Bright- 3? Let's talk about Brightburn and we'll save John Wick for the end. Okay. So Brightburn is, if you haven't seen a preview for it, what if Superman was evil? Um, and, and meaning like as a kid, as he's coming into his powers, instead of being motivated to be a good guy, what if he was motivated to be a bad guy? Um, and I'm going to say motivation. We're going to use that very lightly because that's one thing this movie is lacking a lot. Um, there's, there's not much to really, there are some reasons that this kid would be irritated with certain people. Um, and I don't think it's the kids acting. I think it's the way it was written. Um, it's just missing a lot of that. There's, there's not in spite of the whole movie being an origin story. I mean, the kids like 12 throughout the whole movie, um, they, uh, don't do much to really motivate him, um, or to, to, to show the turn. He's just kind of, strange from the get-go and very blank and monotone and and i think supposed to be a little creepy and then he's creepy it's it's not much of a i don't know it's just not a well-done change it's not a well-done origin Um, so he's just like a regular kid and then one day he's like i'm a bad guy now uh he's a bit of a strange kid and then he's a bad guy and this movie's pretty short. I mean, I think it's around 90 minutes and I didn't want it to be longer because it's not that well done. But if it had been longer, it could have been done better. They they could have fleshed some things out more, shown this kid transition more, but the movie leans more towards just being a horror movie than being or like a thriller than being interesting. Uh-huh. Which is a shame cuz the idea is pretty pretty fun. Um, Elizabeth Banks plays the mom in this movie. I don't really know, know who anyone else is in the movie, but Elizabeth Banks is the mom and she does a good job. Um, there's kind of anguish for her about like wanting to defend the kid and stuff. And sometimes being a little bit like overly where you're like, seriously, lady, come on, you can see what's going on here. But it's, it's, it's realistic. I guess you could say in the sense that like, she doesn't want her kid to be a bad kid. Um, and that part of the movie is pretty good, uh, but it kind of flies by. Um, I, at one point I was like, I think this kid's a good actor. Then later I was like, he's not. Um, but again, I think it might still be more the, uh, the way it's written. There's, there's some stuff between the dad and the kid, uh, and some like exposition and things kind of like shoehorned in there the the relationship between the dad and the son seems like it's supposed to be really important but it's not fleshed out very well and so like in the moments where it's sort of deteriorating or there's conflict um it's it just doesn't have the impact it should yeah um and this kid (laughs) this kid is way gutsier than um i'm gonna go ahead and call uh What's his name? Bruce Willis's character in Unbreakable. I'm just going to call him Unbreakable. 
Um, this kid's way gutsier than Unbreakable. <laughs> He's like, hey, I think I have powers. Let me just go ahead and put my hand in a lawnmower. And that's in the preview. So that's that's his first step. Pretty much. <laughs> it's kind of wild. Um, I will say this much. The beginning of the movie starts out with a montage that speeds you through some stuff that doesn't need to be fleshed out much because it is very like just this is uh, Superman's origin story. It just goes dark. Um but the rest of the movie is really rushed. Um, there are some things that don't make sense in terms of like the dad's like, no guns for my kid. And then like the next scene is him taking the kid hunting. And I'm like, that's kind of strange. Um, and there is some pretty like when you when you're if you're thinking about seeing this and you're going, is it really going to get violent or what? Uh, the answer to that is Yes. It does. It does. It's not nonstop violence, but it definitely has some uh, pretty bloody stuff in there. Um, and those moments, as a horror movie, are, are pretty decent. Um, so, uh, if that's what you're looking for, I think you might still be satisfied. But I think a lot of people are probably going to walk away from this realizing. Like I did that, like it was gonna, it was a good idea and you might be expecting to have a good, like watch a really good transition in this kid into this character and be disappointed on that end. But on the side of, Hey, I'd like to see a thriller or a horror movie where the monster just is a super person. And that way I think you'll be satisfied. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 I think so. So... Overall, if you think you're going to like this movie, you probably will just set your expectations fairly low in terms of just like the the quality of it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as a as a thriller horror movie, it would get a better score than it would as a origin story movie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think they could have tried a little harder and maybe given it a little more room to breathe, but as a horror movie goes, okay, decent job. Okay, all right, that's cool. All right, so then that brings me to my other movie. I saw Warm Bodies from 2013, directed yeah. by Jonathan Levine, uh, and it stars Nicholas Hout and Teresa Palmer, and John Malkovich is in it for some reason. Hmm. And uh, and uh, I like this movie a lot. Um, basically, it tells the story of a zombie who... Um, falls in love with a girl basically so it's like the post-apocalypse and i have all these notes that i'm gonna try and read (laughs) through um so it's a zombie movie told from the perspective of a zombie and then that's where the movie gets a little confusing for me is that the narrator of the movie is the zombie um whose name is r like the letter r because Mm -hmm. he was a pirate (laughs) (laughs) that's not it's a hilarious pirate joke And so, like, the narrator is able to speak super clear, and he seems lucid and aware of everything that's going on around him, but the zombie is not able to articulate because he's a zombie. Like, he just kind of grunts and moans, and... But like he's like he looks at people and he's like, oh, you used to be an air traffic controller, or you used to be a janitor, 
And uh, that's like a little bit of a disconnect for me with, with the movie is like, is the narrator actually what's going on inside his head or is that just for us, the audience? So that was a little distracting. I did like how this, like all the people in the, in the zombie world, all the zombies still do their jobs from real life. Like the one janitor zombie is still like moving a mop on the floor. Uh-huh. And that one security guard zombie at the airport is like, like every time somebody walks by, he waves the metal detector thing in front of him. I thought that was very funny. Yeah. Um, and then there's like a crazy scary jump scare, like right at the beginning of the movie where he's, he's, he's talking about the, um, uh, so you've seen this, so we're going we're gonna to spoil it. So, ladies and gentlemen, here come the spoilers for Warm Bodies. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Um, but when he's talking about the one uh, woman, he's like, you used to be a fitness trainer. And then all of a sudden, she jumps out a window. <laughs> I I was watching this in my in my bedroom, and I was like laying down, and I about jumped and smashed my head on the wall. And my kids were like, what? What was that? And I'm like, oh, scary movie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't remember that, but it's been a while. Oh, it's good. The movie's got a couple really good jump scares. Um, uh, another complaint that I had about the movie is that the main character is way too good looking to be a convincing zombie. Um, I found like his, there's like he, necrophilia popping up. Again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he's just too, he doesn't look like a zombie. Like he just has like his skin is kind of gray and he's got like weird veins on his neck, but for the yeah. most part, he doesn't look like the undead. He just looks like a guy who hasn't been outside in a while. And I get that this movie, this is like, it was rated PG 13, which also negatively affects the movie because a zombie movie should be gory and graphic as hell. And, um, you know, that's, and it's not like all the violence in this movie is really dialed back, which is disappointing. Um, the main bad guys of this movie are like the skeleton zombies who are like zombies who have completely given up and they call them bonies, which I thought was funny that they're called bonies. Uh, and those things are scary looking, which is pretty good. Uh, then you watch the guy peel his face off as he became a bony. And that was, that was gross. And he seems, and the, and the character is like watching it happen and he's like sad about it. He's like, Oh man, don't do that. But like the zombie is just kind of like walking the zombie. Him is just walking by. And I'm like, and once again, I'm like, does he actually feel this way? And he's just unable to express it. Or is it just the narrator for the audience? So, and, and so like, that's the other thing about the zombies in this world is that they don't follow traditional zombie rules. So like this, the the R character he like lives inside an old airplane and he collects things and he's like he knows how to open an airplane door and play a record on a record player and he starts playing that song missing you which i thought was very funny and then rob cordry showed up which was a surprise all right yeah and uh and the, like they they have like the sequence where like he says this is my best friend and uh, we we talk to each other, and it's basically just them saying grunt or grunting at each other, and then eat or hungry, and then they go to eat, and then he makes a complaint about how slow his horde moves, which I also thought was very funny. And then and then at this point, the credits are still rolling on this movie, and and it says based on a book, so this is based on a book, which is interesting. I'd be interested in reading that. Uh, and then we change perspectives, and we go to. Um, 
the survivor camp, like these human survivors, and John Malkovich is their leader uh, of some kind of paramilitary army, and he sends his daughter and uh, Dave Franco out on a mission, and basically they they come in contact with the main character zombie. The main character zombie eats Dave Franco's brains, and and um, by doing this, he gets his memories and. Mm-hmm. And he like, and then he looks up and sees his and sees this chick, and that missing you song starts playing again. And he basically falls in love with her, and then and then that's when the movie really begins. Is that he like rescues her from the zombies, and brings her back to like his airplane where she can hide for a little bit, even though she wants to escape. And um, it, it, the movie goes on from there. Um, there are some good moments. There are some some cheesy moments but for the most part it's pretty good um it's not quite as good as happy death day as far as like a horror comedy goes but as far as a as far as as far as a zombie romance movie this is probably number one yeah (laughs) it's a very niche genre um yeah i remember it being fairly charming and having a couple good good laugh moments here and there yeah. I mean, it's got its issues and, and, and I wish like his transition from being a zombie to, to coming back to life. Like basically he's brought back to life by the power of love and uh, like, that's lame, but you know, it works. But like his transition is so, because he doesn't look so terrible because he's just like a, a regular looking guy who is a zombie his transition back to life you don't really get to experience it like the characters have to tell you he's he's becoming more human um i mean that's pretty disappointing like they could have had like his skin grow back or things like you know like you know, all kinds of if they had uglied him up done. a little bit more you would have been able to see it visually and had exactly, it be yeah. shown and they, not told yeah, if they uglied him up, they could pretty him up later. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a missed opportunity. And I got a, a, a ton more notes here, but I'm not going to go through them because you basically get the movie. Um, but um, the other moment that I really did like is when she's like stuck on the airplane with him and they're just killing time. And she's trying to play that hand slap game uh-huh. where you put your hands on top of someone's hands and you try to slap them. And he's a zombie, so he can't move quickly at all. And she's just so frustrated with him because he sucks at the game. <laughs> uh, that that uh that really cracked me up. I was like, that's pretty good. But uh, yeah, Warm Bodies definitely worth checking out. Um, and I can't believe it came out in 2013. Like I, I remember trailers for this movie, and I was like, oh, this looks cool. And it feels like it was just a couple years ago, but 2013 is almost it's six years ago now. Yeah, I guess that is. Uh, I I was kind of on the opposite end of that, where I thought it was long longer ago. Is, oh, that, yeah. is that how you say that? Sure, uh, that's how people talk. Further in the past, you know, back when people were rolling hoops down the street with sticks. Uh-huh. Um, you mean my favorite game? Yeah, yeah, hoop and stick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, um, you had you had money. We had the stick and hoop. Oh, uh, well, the generic yeah. one. Sorry. And that's the end of that bit. <laughs> <laughs> Old timey toy corner. All right, so it's all wrapped up there? I'm all done. Okay. Uh so I will move into John Wick 3 Parabellum. Um 
Hey, Nick, let me check with you on something. Do you know All where right. the John Wick movies take place? Um, I want to say like generic New York. It is New York. And I always, always, um, I, I guess always. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I always thought this was like a f- sort of fake universe, um, where it wasn't actually supposed to be a, a city that is known, but they're, uh-huh. they're pretty blatant about it. They're like, yeah, this is New York, man. And I was like, oh, oh I didn't realize that. Yeah. I kind of felt the same way where it was, uh, like a generic kind of metropolis. Yeah. Um, this movie takes place in terms of like plot. This movie takes place right where the second one left off. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean like right where it did, even though I think the time of day may be slightly different. The shot is the same. (laughs) So like he's running away with his dog at the end of the second movie. And at the end of the third movie, he's still running down that same street. Um, so the, you know, the plot is really, he's, trying to get away from this um, hit that's a, like an open contract on him for $14 million. Um, which as far as the numbers go, that's one thing I sort of like about these movies that it's not like $100 billion. It's just like, yeah, no, like 7 millions a lot, 14 millions a lot. Um, it's, it somehow makes it a little bit more realistic. Um, and I'm not really going to go into the plot a whole lot more than that. Cause there's not much more to that. And uh-huh. one of my, I'm going to have a lot of like the, I got a lot of complaints and things I also enjoyed. Um, one of my complaints is that there are too many plots in this movie, uh-huh. um, or, or too many, like, <sighs> I mean, it's a very simple plot. Still trying to get away from things. Um, but that's like one story idea. And then just too many different sort of like places he has to go to or people he has to talk to. It gets very repetitive. And some of mm-hmm. this may be that I just watched John Wick 2 like last week. Yeah. Um, and maybe it would it might be a pretty different experience for me if I had a little bit more time for it to breathe between one and the next one. Um, but I definitely was like, Hey man, you guys, you guys have one idea. You don't need to just keep repeating that. You can, this movie's like two and a half hours long. I think, no um, I, th- I think so. I'm pretty sure. And it definitely could have been a half hour shorter. And, um, that that's all repetition sort of stuff. They could have chopped out some of these, Hey, now you have to go talk to this other person. I mean, in terms of like, side quests or whatever, like things on the way to the climax. I think you go through the process of him talking to another person, like go find this thing, go find that thing. I think like three times, um, maybe four. Yeah. I think four times and, and that's too much. Um, yeah. yeah, And we'll, and we'll come back to a similar idea when it comes to the, the action and stuff too. Um, One of the things that also bugged me about this movie is the acting's not good. Um, uh, All across the board. Like, don't get me wrong. Keanu Reeves is still the perfect guy for this role. And he doesn't have much to do as far as acting goes. And it works just fine as far as him. But, like, the guy that plays Brom 
or Bram or whoever's in Game of Thrones that like, you know, is kind of Tyrion's friend and do you know what Brom. I'm talking about? Yeah, Brom. Brom. Yeah. yeah, he's in this doing the worst of some kind of accent. Um, it's it's really bad. Um, really? Okay, Halle Berry's in this, and Ugh, I can't uh, stand Halle Berry. Well, you're not gonna like her a whole lot more here. I mean, her when her, I go when I saw sorry when I saw she was cast in this movie, I was like, oh, red flag. Yeah, it's like she's like putting Jada Pinkett Smith in a movie. Um, I don't. I don't know a whole lot about Jada Pinkett Smith, but I'll, I'll say like, I'm a little tired of Halle Berry too, but her performance in this, it's, it's not great. So like I'm, f- her being there is not great. Um, the character's okay. And as far as bad Halle Berry performances go, this is actually better than the worst. So she's, she's not the worst part of the movie. Um, but overall it's like, man, can't, can't the acting in this movie be better? And the answer is yes, it could. <laughs> but there's someone in this movie who's worse of all. And uh, to my understanding, uh, this is a, an actress who is non-binary in sexuality. So I'll go ahead and refer to the actress as, or actor as they, them, there. Um, and they uh, are terrible. Um, I I don't have any no issue with her sexuality or anything like. Sounds that, like you but, got a big problem with this girl's sexuality, Matt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do have a problem with their acting. Their acting is shit, and this is one of those characters that, um, it's called an adjudicator, and basically it's supposed to be like this badass representative of the high table, um, and. It's about, you know, it's it's got that same thing as, like, when... Oh, who was that woman I was telling you about? Um, oh, man, I don't remember now. But, like, that, that same thing where, where people try to curse to sound tough. Or, like, uh-huh. Macaulay Culkin deepens his voice to sound like the neighbor. And go, like, my house is being robbed. I'm at 1245 Lincoln Street. Um, this character is just trying to be tough. And it does not work at all. No. Uh, no, not for me anyway. I'm like, this just looks dumb and sounds dumb. And if this person were to approach me, I would not be intimidated. I'd probably just be like, leave me alone. Who do you think you are? Um, so it, it, I don't know why they wouldn't look for an actor or actress who has some intimidating quality about them. Like find someone who does instill some sort of unease. Um, so yeah, that was that was poor, um, poor acting or poor casting. I'm not quite sure if it's just a mismatch or if the um, actors just bad. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I got as far as saying things are good or bad. I, I'm gonna have more complaints than I am things I enjoyed because the stuff that's enjoyable really is just the action. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's not bad. The action's still good. Um, they do have enough like new ideas for it to be fun. 
There's a there are a couple scenes in which people are using different kinds of weapons or things that aren't necessarily weapons, and you go like, all right, that's pretty awesome. But this movie definitely could have used another run through with the editing brush, because even when it comes to the action, the scenes are so long that you really start to feel the rhythm. And it starts to feel less like fighting and more like dancing. Do you know what I'm uh, talking about? It kind of falls into the Matrix trap. Yeah, it's just, it hits that certain rhythm and you're like, okay, I already know there's going to be another punch and another kick. I know where it's going to land and yeah. it starts or to like, kind of lull you into a, a bit of a sleep. Yeah, like a lightsaber battle from the prequels where it's just choreographed. Yeah. No real, there's no real emotion in the fighting. Yeah, it, it does feel choreographed. Um, but you know, it's still kind of worth it because the, the parts that are different or creative are pretty cool. And I got to say, man, Keanu Reeves is still doing a pretty good job of going through some long shots of nonstop movement. Like, I'm like, how is he not totally exhausted halfway Uh through this shot? And there is a moment where it's kind of referenced that like he's slowing down a bit. And you can't really tell, like, is this a commentary on John Wick not being young? Or is, or are they commenting on the fact that he has been fighting for his life for, like, four days nonstop now? <laughs> because, you know, the first movie goes right into the second movie. The second movie goes right into the third one. Um, yeah. He's got injuries and stuff from the other movies still lingering around. And... uh I'm just like, he should just be tired. <laughs> like just, right. just tired in the basic sense of the word. Um, but, uh, but it's still really impressive work on, on Keanu Reeves part. And John Wick gets the lo- ever loving crap beat out of him throughout this movie. There might've been one point in the movie where John Wick saw a pane of glass and went, Oh, I haven't been through that one yet. Let me just jump through it myself. <laughs> <laughs> And in that sense, there there's some fun stuff there. There there's some jokes and gags that land pretty well, um, and then there are some that just go on a bit too long. Um, and I think I can talk about this without spoiling anything. So there are a couple characters who respond to John Wick in some ways that you might not expect, um, and I'll, I'll kind of leave it there. But it, at first, it's kind of funny, and it gets a bit old to see people kind of meet or see him and go like, Oh, John wick. And then have this sort of response to them that they do. Um, there's a fight scene towards the end where it's just, it's so long that it gets boring. Um, and yeah, you know, uh, there are a couple things that I further that I want to say, but, um, I don't think I actually could without, accidentally implying some spoilers. So I will, uh, I'll leave it there. And I will say this, like, I know I'm pointing out a lot of my complaints about the movie, but I did enjoy it. And at the end of the day, if you've enjoyed the other ones, I, I do totally think it's worth seeing. And I think it's worth seeing in the theater. If you can, there's as far as like the, the majesty of it goes, um, you know, like beautiful cinematography. There's a lot of that done really well here. So, you know, still, if you like the series and you can get to the theater to see it, I'd say check it out. 
Okay. Yeah, there's definitely cool. a stretch in the middle, too, where you're like, why is this even a thing? Like, a certain character he needs to go see, and you're like, why? Why have this be here? But all in all, if you enjoyed the second one, you'll probably enjoy this, and I think most people will enjoy it a little bit more. Would you say this is the weakest entry? Um, I want to say that. And when it comes to the movie hierarchy list that we're going to do in a second, I can't decide whether to put it above or below John Wick 2. Um, I think the points that hit are probably a little bit more creative, but there's so much that's less creative or that's just already used that it's, it's really like, it's hard to say. I, I, in my hierarchy list in my phone, I just put John Wick 2 and 3. And I know you're not going to let me get away with that. But <laughs> but that's how it is in my phone because, honestly, I didn't enjoy it any less. Or I enjoyed it less and I enjoyed it more than okay. the second one. All right. Yeah. Well, I'll be interested to see where you put it. So and that brings, us, that brings us to our movie rankings list. And uh, I'll go first because I have it pulled up here. Uh, I am going to put, uh, and if you're unaware of what our movie rankings list are, since the the December, um, we've been tracking, keeping track of the movies that we've watched individually, and we're we have our own individual lists, and we're ranking the movies that we've seen. And for instance, uh, I'm going to say I just saw Warm Bodies. And that is going to go at number 25 on my list in between Captain Marvel and Primer. Uh, and I'm going to give it three stars and I would recommend it. And then uh, Brotherhood of the Wolf, I'm going to put into the new number 31 spot between Outlaw King and Glass. Uh, and I'm going to give that three stars as well. And uh, I would recommend it. So that's that's my contribution for this week. Matt. Yeah. You saw two movies as well. I did. All right. I'm going to do something here with John Wick 3. I'm going to put it above John Wick 2. Wow. And some of that is a little bit of me taking into consideration that I saw it right after Brightburn. So I watched uh-huh. two movies in a row. Um, and... Oh, so you went to see Brightburn and then John Wick was playing. Right, right. Oh, I thought you went to see John Wick and Brightburn was playing. Nope, other way. So, um, How exciting. Although I had been planning on seeing John Wick. Uh, I, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give him a little benefit of the doubt there and say maybe I was a little, you know, a little worn from just being in the movie theater for so long and mm-hmm. just slide it barely above the second one. Okay. Uh, how many stars would you give it? Oh, man, I, I. And this is. I want to give it three is, and a quarter. This is number ten on your list between Happy Death Day to You and John Wick Two. Yeah, I. You know, I think the first half of the movie was better than the second half. It was kind of the opposite of John Wick Two that way, at least for me. Mm-hmm. Um. But when I'm thinking about this one scene that's early on, actually two scenes early in the movie, I do want to see those scenes again. I'm going to go ahead and bump it from three and a quarter to three and a half. Three and a three half stars. Three and a half. Yeah. And I'm guessing that's a recommend. Yeah, it is. All right. And then Brightburn. Where is that going to go? That's going right between Creep 2 and Ant-Man. 
Creep 2 and Ant-Man into your new number 19 spot. And week one, one, eight. And how many stars would you give Brightburn? <sighs> I want to give it two and three quarters. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I'll go ahead and give it three stars. Three stars. I think I'm being and, generous, but three stars. Uh, would you say that's a recommend? If you like thrillers, yeah, sure. It's a recommend. Yes. Okay. Great. If you're interested in seeing our lists, check out our um, our website, thisweekinfilm.com. And in the episode description, you'll find a link to Matt's list and a link to my list. That's uh, where you can take a look at our list. Matt is up to 58 movies he's seen since December. And I think I'm at 64, I think. So it's, it's a fun, it's a fun journey that we're on. Matt, anything to plug? Um, yeah, actually I, and I, I kind of recommend this to everybody who likes fun things. Um, there's a podcast called the adventure zone and what it is, is it's three guys and their dad playing dungeons and dragons or, or playing like role playing games. And I think it's the youngest of the brothers. Who's the DM, you know, the dungeon master, uh-huh. And so it's the two other brothers and their dad as the characters. If you're not into role-playing games, it's still pretty funny. If you're into role-playing games or if you're not, if you haven't done them, but you've been kind of curious about them, this is a really fun way to like get an idea of what it's like. And if you are into role-playing games, then you'll really enjoy it because they are long processes in which there are lots of things you have to do and pause and figure things out and people take their time and meander and whatnot. And this is a very streamlined version of it with a bunch of comedic people. So you don't have to sit through any of the boring stuff and you get to hear them have a lot of fun. And I would really recommend if you're going to go back to like the first season to, to test it out, listen to at least the first four episodes because a character is going to show up in the fourth episode that literally had me laughing out loud in my car um, <laughs> when I heard it the first time. The very first episode, there are two versions of. There's one that's um, not edited down as much, and if you're if you're interested in hearing some stuff about like character creation and how people do that with these games, then listen to that. If you want, there's a like 1.1 version that's right after that that has it edited down more, so you're not hearing as much of the like game logistics and whatnot and so you can just kind of have the fun without hearing that stuff okay and what's it called again the adventure zone the adventure zone okay yeah Yeah, i've never played dungeons and dragons so yeah i think i think the first season they try out different game systems and i think the first season is straight up dungeons and dragons and the seasons have like the the name of the campaign is the name of the season. So like the first one I think is there be Gerblins here. Huh. Um, and then like the current campaign, uh, I think it's called amnesty. And that one's actually a lot more like an X files season turned into a game. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like they're doing, they, I think one of the people is like a forest ranger, but they're like looking into this weird, you know, Northwestern, paranormal stuff going on like monsters and like bigfoot type things Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, check it out. It's, it's pretty fun. Uh, if you're interested in seeing what Matt recommends, if you uh, if you want a quick link to it, you can go to the website again, thisweekinfilm.com. On the left side, there's a page called Midwest Matt Recommends, and uh, that's where I'm putting all the stuff Matt recommends. So uh, there'll be a quick, quick and easy reference for you. Anything else, Matt? Nope, that's it. All right. Well, if that is the end of the reel, we will see you next week in film. See you then. <laughs>